0: Greetings from the Long Island Sound Podcast. Welcome to the show. Please rate, review, and comment on the show. And call our listener line and leave a message for our guests. Dial 631-800-3579. All right. Enjoy the show.
1: Thanks for joining us for the Long Island Sound Podcast. Each week, we explore new music and dive deeper with the artists and their stories behind the music. Please subscribe and rate and review us wherever you stream this podcast. Here's your host, Steve
0: Yusko have an outstanding episode for you today. My guest has been an agent for change in various states in America, developing community through music and harmony. Rock Voices is a unique program pulling communities together. Today, we'll explore the Rock Voices program with founder Tony Lechner. You'll hear how this multi-talented professor of music helped gather people together through their mutual love of singing. There's so much wonderful information to unpack. Come join the conversation. Let's listen to their cover of Queen's somebody to love. Excited about today's guest. He's an award winning composer, a sound designer. I don't know what the hell that is. A songwriter. (laughs) And most of all, I found him on Facebook and he does this thing called Rock Voices. And we're going to get into it. I want to welcome to the Long Island Sound, Tony Lechner. Welcome to the show, man. Thanks, Steve. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. So I'll give a little bit more of a teaser backstory to the audience out there. So of course, when you're on Facebook or doing any searches, I probably probably see more things about music than I ever intended to in my life, because the AI out there goes, oh, this guy likes microphones. Oh, this guy <laughs> likes speakers and, you know, what have you. And I came across an advertisement for rock voices. I click on it. Coolest thing. <laughs> and uh, I'll let Tony talk about it. But I I think I IM'd you right. I messaged yeah. you, and and you got back to me, and I was like, "This is the coolest thing in the world." I think, uh, and I'm not just blowing smoke up your skirt, man. I just I was <laughs> in a church choir. I liked singing in the choir. Learned a hell of a lot, uh, but I didn't really like all the church music that we had to do. And this is kind of like a crossover from that. So, um, anyway, I'll let you talk. Tell me about <laughs> rock voices. And then we'll, we'll get into your background and stuff like that. We're going to share some of uh, the music that uh, Rock Voices does. And uh, it's just kind of neat, something different. It's really kind of cool. Anyway, the mic okay. is yours, Tony.
1: Oh, thanks, Steve. Yeah, I mean, it is, it is one of the coolest things. I agree with you. Um, it's, Rock Voices is unique. It's a choir for, I, I'm going to say it's a choir for non-singers, but that's even that's not quite right. Because mm-hmm. really, all humans are singers. It's the original instrument, the human voice. And everybody can sing, even though most people say, I can't sing. But really, that's really not true. Most people can sing. They're just either afraid to sing, or they're traumatized from past you know, experiences that went bad with singing, mm-hmm. or they've never had the chance to sing. But who doesn't love to sing along with pop songs or rock songs in their car or whatever? You know? Or in the shower, right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Singing, like, music's in all of us. And so many choirs um, are hard to access for most people. If mm-hmm. you don't read music, if you don't maybe have a little handle on some foreign languages, um, it's hard to get into a choir. Choirs can feel elite. They aren't all elite, but they can feel that way. Sure. And they, they tend to keep people away because of that. They, there's auditions to get in. You know, it's intimidating. Mm-hmm. And most people don't want to do that. They don't want to put themselves through that. Why would they? You know, it can its so it can be humiliating to sing in front of someone and then have them not like you. It's <laughs> so vulnerable to sing. Right. Absolutely. It's so vulnerable. So I thought, what if we make a choir for just rock music and let anybody join and just sing rock music and let all these people who totally have music in them and want to get it out, mm. give them a, a venue to get that out and be rock stars? Um, I, don't even, I don't even like to call it a choir. I like to call it a rock band with a ton of singers. That's right, how I right. think of it. Right. Because we're doing rock songs and all the harmonies. Um, you know, you see a lot of cover bands out. And the thing a lot of cover bands let go is the vocals because they're mm. all focused on the music and maybe one singer. Maybe there's a backup singer, you know. But most cover bands, they don't really do justice to that. We play with a real band when we perform and uh, a live band, professional band, and... All the harmonies are there because the focus is on the harmonies. It's so I, I,
0: it's so interesting. You know, as you were talking about it, you know, I was thinking about the intimidation of being in a, quote, choir. You mm-hmm. know, I almost equate it to, hey, uh, you know, exercising and gyms and Planet Fitness and all the other things of, yeah, I really, I, I do have the ability to exercise. Mm-hmm. I'm <laughs> probably not that good at it. And I'm not going to that gym because it's too intimidating. That's the parallel <laughs> that, that I think I totally see sees that. it. So you're like the Planet Fitness uh, of 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 music judgment-free zone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's yeah. and the other thing that I think is interesting. And I got this just from seeing one of your videos where you do um, uh, "Here Comes the Sun," the Beatles song, right? Oh yeah. And you you have a, an array of people sing all different different people singing and I was really enthralled by uh, just the different people. Okay. <laughs> of Different capabilities, but all really good, really good. And then I said, you know what? It's interesting. Cause one, it's a great outlet. It's a great way of building community, especially after COVID. And we'll talk about the challenges you had with that. You had to have challenges with COVID, right. When nobody mm-hmm. could meet. Um, but I think that's like the secret sauce of, taking something you love lowering the bar in a, in a way to give people a way to find their voice you know i think mm-hmm. that's wonderful totally that's that's a good And i can go on for another 20 minutes and not let you talk <laughs> but i'm going to i'm going to let you let that's you talk That's funny
1: that that video you're talking about the here comes the sun that's actually a bunch of the rock voices directors it's a promo video i put together to inspire our members and future members to join up and say, like, here's a message from some of our directors. Those are directors from groups all over oh, the way. Oh, interesting, interesting. So I did a little clip of each of them and we strung it together. They sent me their clips, you know, and I just strung it together digitally and uh, in iMovie. And we put it out as a little inspirational promo. Like, right. join the next Beatles. We're doing all Beatles. This was this past summer we did it for. So it was, a- mm-hmm. it was an all Beatles show. And so, yeah, that was, that was a- we'd never done something like that before. That was just a fun little thing.
0: Now let's but, let's bring it back a little bit. So, um, so you're up in Northampton, Massachusetts, right? Yeah. But you do have uh, groups that are in different states, uh, and I know there's one on Long Island. So, like you know, yeah. uh, uh, you fit into the Long Island sound. That's my little yeah. you know release to get you get you into the program. Uh, yeah. But tell tell me when you started. Give me some history on Rock Voices, and I do want to explore your background because one, what I'm very interested in. My wife's been socking away money for my voice lessons, which she said <laughs> I should definitely take, and we got to talk about that later. So I got a couple <laughs> of stories about that. Uh, tell, tell me about the, the the tell me about the beginnings of rock voices, and then I really want to get into your background because it's really it's it's really interesting to me. So cool. if it's true, I mean, I saw it on LinkedIn, so it's
1: got to be true. <laughs> it's greatly exaggerated There's rumors <laughs> right. of my background um So I started in 2012. In the spring of 2012, um, one rock choir in Hadley, Massachusetts, which is right near where I lived. And uh, um, I, I thought I had been teaching, I had been teaching uh, high school music and middle school music before that. Okay. And I've been running a jazz choir, an evening jazz choir once a week mm-hmm. called the Valley Jazz Choir for a couple of years. It was really fun. And I talked with my wife and we said, you know, wouldn't it be fun if we made a choir just for rock music? Maybe we should try this. And um, so we thought we could just take put an ad out and start it. Now we looked up online to see if it already existed. And it turns out there was one in England. There's like a really big, big community for this in England. I didn't know about this when we came up with the idea. So we can still feel like we came up with the idea, but it had been going on already in England. So I thought, well, wow, they seem to be doing it. So it definitely can work. Put an ad in the paper. Uh, 50 people showed up the first night. I think really? I knew two of them. I knew two of them, maybe. <laughs> wow. And it was like this experimental new thing. Come if you want to sing rock music. Try this out. And they did. Um, the concert went so well um, three months later um, that I said to them backstage. It was in a church, so not really backstage, but in the room behind the, behind the church. I said to them, hey, you guys, this is so much fun. And I love this so much. And you guys are so great. I'm going to quit my job. And just do this from now on, and they they told me later they all they were like, <gasps> like all the pressure was on them, so we got to perform good now. Oh no, he, he's, his job is riding on it. right. Um, and my wife and I discussed it, like um, we think we, this could work. It seems like it's you know it's funny. we started it. I started it as just another way, like we we had a new baby, we had a one and a half year old and a brand new baby. Wow and, and I was working um, I was working five jobs teaching full-time, and then doing four four other part-time jobs after school every day. Mm. So I was gone all day and all night, working, working, working. And I thought, like, oh, well, this is one more thing to add. This was the fifth the fifth job, actually. She's like, okay, let's try it. And uh, just thought it was just supposed to be another way to make money doing music. You know, we're sure. gigging musicians, teachers. I'm like, I can teach people this and make some more money. And it turned into something I did not expect, which was mm. a community right. of people who like didn't exist before it created with us. And it was a community of people who didn't have an outlet, didn't have a home, didn't have a choir, like a home for music. All of a sudden, this was a community that was enjoying singing and I could see the magic of it Mm. and they could see the magic of it. And we all kind of just knew this is something special. Um, So I felt like I had to do it. You know, I quit all my other jobs uh, gradually. I I quit the full-time job and I kept a couple of the part-time stuff. Wow. and then a year later, a, a season later, we grew to four, uh, it was started by the time we hit the concert, we had maybe 35 singers left, you know, and okay. in the summer, we did a summer session. We had maybe 40, or 50 people. And we did a winter session. It was up to 80 people. And then a year or two later, it was up to a hundred. Um, and I said, okay, I'm going to start one in this state and start one in this town and try this. And, and then I couldn't do more than three a week. So I said, I'm going to hire this person I know to do one. And and they started doing it, and then I hired someone else, and now I've got like 12 or 13 different directors that subcontract from us teaching choirs all over the place. Wow. So that's, it kind you, of expanded.
0: You know what's interesting uh, it, uh, from a business aspect, moving from what, what could seem like a volunteer hobby, right, Yeah. to a, all right, how do you monetize this? Uh, and now you've got people who join the community, and are willing to put money up in order to be a part of it and and put their money where their mouth is. That's a bad pun, but you know what I mean. <laughs> um, to to make that investment, I mean, I would think personally, it's like, you know what, they like it so much they're willing to pay for it. Yeah. And when you pay for something, you're you're investing your time, and you get you get a different level of seriousness mm-hmm. about it. Now, I'm just mm-hmm. gonna I'm gonna divert off of a, a moment. So I was in a a church band, a Catholic church, and we did contemporary Christian music, right? Now, see those guitars behind me? Okay. Uh, They're a little dusty, and I'm very rusty, okay? But let me tell you, when I played with other people, we had a handful of people, unbelievable lessons for me, and people were very generous. And if you're open to criticism and everyone was kind as we all figured out our dynamics, that we're all trying to get a better sound... It kind of worked out. But the one thing that we were really credited for was the vocals, not my Mm. voice. We had a mom and daughter and and a set of ladies that really knocked it out of the park. We had this guy, Rob Bellow, good friend of mine, who Mm. has great ear, played in cover bands for 30 years. We had to figure out how, how to work with Rob because he really had an ear for things. And then when it clicked, he said, I need you to take this level, that level, so on. And people just rode with it. And it was just so, it was, it was awesome. Made the hair in your arms stand up. So I, I agree with you when you talk about some tribute bands, cover bands, lack the attention to the vocals. Um, and I think that just, that can carry any piece of shit. Playing <laughs> to a different level. I'm again kind of. I'm from New York, so we we talk kind of rough. And now I'll have to check the explicit <laughs> box because I cursed, but um, <laughs> before I yeah. put it up. But I assume that's that's the kind of vibe you're getting back from people to say, you know, it's all it's got to be a music lesson at the same
1: time, right? Yeah, yeah. You know? I mean, I I'm a lifelong educator, music educator, and I'm trained in you know voice and my degrees voice, and as well as is ranging and uh i pro- i think that it provides value for people mm. like it's not just show up and sing karaoke it's they're going to learn about music while you're there right so it's um you know we priced it comparably to other th- classes that would cost the same amount of money and we found that people do want to pay it because it does provide value to their right. lives and right. and then there's the heart, the magic of that like uh when har- when you sing together in harmony, you know there's been lots of studies done on the the positive effects on the body, physiologically and hmm. mentally. About locking into a harmony, vocal harmony, or just a sound, the sound of harmony being part of a large group creating it, it's something about that that actually does things to you. It, right, it makes right. People up, so yeah,
0: I, I can just tell you from my experience, it's just it's just it emotes such um, a grace and a sound and a spirit out um that really capture it really captures people not only the people uh in the audience listening to it but i think also um uh you know for the for the people as part of the the harmony group you know totally which which is i don't know just just kind of neat you know um yeah it's just it's just kind of
1: a unique way of approaching it so now how many states are you in now new hampshire vermont massachusetts connecticut new york and uh oregon so six states oh
0: wow wow okay yeah. that, that's pretty good and any room uh obviously you you would like to take it wherever you can i would
1: think right yeah we're we you know we were trying to start expanding before the pandemic hit and that obviously got put on hold for a little mm-hmm. while but right we get requests from people now to start one here you know so we've got a list going and We're doing searches for directors. We're hiring directors all the time, trying to hire directors. And uh, it's a long process. Right. Sure. Yeah. I don't want to get too far too fast because that can sink any business, expanding beyond your capacity. So we're trying to take it slow and do it logically.
0: Yeah. You know what I would think? You know, vetting out the right director is such Mm -hmm. a critical aspect to it
1: because,
0: I mean, how... How do you vet out somebody from Texas? Not that I'm picking on Texas, but remotely <laughs> as far away, as yeah. how how they work with students and with people and the approach and yeah, you know, um, there's the diva aspect of it that can come from a teacher and <laughs> and you know somebody in the group. You know, uh, I'm sure that's something that that you uh, manage <laughs> out there, yeah. but but you also want to protect the brand, right?
1: Go yeah. Ahead. We have- we have to vet. We have a vetting process we do where we, you know, we meet the person and they have to audition to be at one of our directors. So okay. either they're here with one of our groups with an audition in front of one of our choirs, or they have to do video footage, you know, but we found a way to do it. We haven't had to go as far away as Texas. So everything's stored a local, you know, from New York up to here. Sure. It's the Northeast thing. We've made things work.
0: <laughs> That's cool. Hey, let's do this. Let's just take a quick break. And when we come back, Let's switch gears a little bit. I really want to talk about your career and background. I found it very interesting and I'm trying to get Roll. some extra information on how to be a better singer. So I'm trying to get that <laughs> right. out of you. So hang with Roll. us, everybody. We'll be back with Tony Lechner from Rock Voices. Stick with us. At the Long Island Sound, we're much more than a podcast. We're building a community. Please go to GigDestiny.com. Check out all our social media links. Subscribe wherever you listen to the podcast. Please comment. Call the listener line. Tell us what you think, what questions we should ask, who we should have on the show. And most of all, we thank you for your generous support. And remember, support the artists who are guests on the show. Now back to the podcast. Hey, everybody. We're back with Tony Lechner of Rock Voices. And so I'm still kind of goosebumpy here, but I I looked up uh, your LinkedIn stuff and, and you're, you know, you seem kind of accomplished, but I don't know. You know, I don't know how true it is. You know, <laughs> so t- give me, give me your, give me. Well, I ask this question. You know, how did you get attracted to music? You know, early age, older age. Obviously, you hmm. took it on as a career. So uh, you know what you're doing. Uh, but I'm always curious about that.
1: I um, I have come from a large family. I was the youngest of seven. Um, my parents were musical. My siblings were musical. There was always music in the house. Wow. Um, so I started piano lessons um, when I was maybe eight or so. My older sister was a really great piano player. And, you know, there's instruments everywhere. And so I just wasn't just always there. I just always played. And I heard, I think I, you know, I grew up with the Beatles and stuff like that in the seventies, my older siblings had all the albums they were always playing. So I kind of grew up on the Beatles and all that's all that hard AM gold harmony stuff from the sixties and seventies. And, uh, I just always loved singing along with the songs. Um, in high school I got talked into joining the choir, you know, and, uh, (laughs) I had a not so great experience in middle school. I was like one of, four guys in the choir and so, and it was all girls and i was intimidated and i quit you know of course if only more guys realized that it was it's, a, it's kind of nice to be some of the only guys in, in oh and yeah, that's that's you why know, i joined kid. the choir in that's high school
0: i mean uh, go on yeah. no
1: competition you know, you know? I, mean, I was stupid i quit i was an <laughs> idiot and uh and uh yeah you know, but i joined i found it again in high school and i i played trumpet too in the band i you know just played instruments i sang and just loved music and uh when it got time for college, you know, I, I studied rock bands, too. I, I love rock bands. I had lots of cover bands all my life. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be a rock star. I went to college for music just because I thought, like, well, I am I was very fortunate that um, I was able to go to UMass um, and my parents could help me and afford it. And, uh you know, I feel privileged. Sure. It's my privilege showing, you know, white, suburban, middle class kid, you know, and like I could go to college for whatever I want, wow. you know, and I, I'm going to do music and I study voice and get my voice better. So I did with no real clear goal about what I wanted to do with my life other than I want to rock. You but, know, you know, and I, uh, well,
0: I tell you, just just having gone to college myself and having that drive of knowing this is what you want to study is a real blessing, too. You know, because uh, you have yeah. that you have and that I was drive,
1: definitely focused.
0: Yeah, and then you already had There's the big family, me, so you had the ensemble thing mm-hmm. kind of baked in,
1: you know, for the future. <laughs> well, it wasn't exactly the Partridge family, but it was it was fun. Yeah
0: did it, did uh, did your siblings continue with music, or are you pretty much the the one that kind of took it on as a career?
1: Um, no, some of them do. One of my my sister Amy runs um, a music together for kids in New Hampshire. And also she teaches ukulele and she performs as uh, with folk bands and stuff. She's a really active musician, guitar player, banjo player, singer. Oh, great. Children's entertainer. And she's in uh, Southern New Hampshire. So she's fantastic. Nice. Um, and um, I have a brother that still plays violin and guitar. Great guitar player. And those are the only two there. Oh, and another sister who sings too a lot. But, um, you know, that's, that's – so the other ones kind of went different directions. It's all in the arts, but – no, I'm the only one that really went kind of all in on it the went music. Over, went overboard? You no, know, I think I saw my. St- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, you know, I I uh I didn't want to be a teacher. I had no intention of being a music teacher. Um but when I finished I I uh with schooling, I, I stayed at school and got a master's in arranging cuz like a lot of people, I, I was kind of, I don't want to go get a job. I like college. I'm going to stay here. What else can I do? Uh, right. I like arranging and writing music. So I stayed. I, I, I hid, hid in college for two more years. And, Good deal. Um, I got a teaching job offered to me, and I took it just because, I, well, I got to do something. I know music. And I ended up teaching for 17 years, wow. high school music and middle school music, because I found that I enjoyed it. How about that? Yeah, helping, helping kids learn music was rewarding. And fulfilling in a way I never thought it was. <laughs> it was awesome. Well,
0: you know what's interesting too for me, and and look, I'm a total layman when it comes to music, and I honestly I'm kind of enamored at singer songwriters and people who've woodshedded their craft and really worked at it. Because my biggest disappointment is I never really did. Although there's still room, you know, before I die.
2: Yeah,
0: um it's never too late. But what was a surprising um, enlightenment to me was. How many singer-songwriters and people gigging around teach music on the side all the yeah. all all the time? You know, and right. uh, I was like, wow, that was really cool. And I've got some insights from them. and And one of the words that really kind of hung with me, and it kind of plays into your story with your families, is encouragement and opportunity, and oh. you know, to encourage you encourage people along the process. You know, and you touched on it earlier. You know, I think all of us or many of us who say, oh, I can't sing, or, you know, I, I feel as though I don't find the right key. <laughs> and I eventually do, you know, <laughs> by the fourth verse, I'm I'm right, I'm spot on, you know. And my mom used to sing in every key, you know, in church, so I, I blame her uh, for a broken ear that I have. Um, but I think, you know, uh, there's a lot to be say about teachers and, and spreading the love and the healing and the art out in music. I think it's, it's, it's very admirable what you do, you know? Yeah. and you, yes. and you threw it all away and now
1: you, now, you, yeah. now you're cashing in. <laughs> I traded one kind of teaching for another, you know, I, yeah. I got, I got burnt out a little bit on teaching, not because of the students, but like administrations and schools and, you know, it's, it's, the BF. it can be a, a, a landmine yeah, a land minefield. Um, and I started these choirs, and now I'm still teaching. I'm just teaching adults. So I often joke with them, you know, because they, you put a bunch of adults in a room together, they're going to talk just as much as any teenagers or kids. And uh, Right. You got re- to like, <laughs> reel them
0: in. You got to reel them in. Yeah. You take the baton. Like you tap the baton. Time. We're together. Tap the baton. Bring them back in. So in 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 the different um rock voice group, what do you call them? Cells groups. Franchises,
1: choirs. Just choirs. Okay. choirs. what's what's the range
0: from what's 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 the attendance I I would say? And then do you do multi, like do you do like a seasonal thing? Like how do you approach it? You know? It's not
1: Yeah. It's broke um, it's broken up into three seasons sessions per year. Okay. Like um a spring one, a summer one, and a fall one. Although the fall one stretches into December and January and the spring one starts at the end of January, so it's, we spread out three 12-week sessions over the year, okay. a couple weeks in between. And the group's groups vary. The sizes vary depending on how new the group is or the location of the group. I mean, um, my group in Western Mass got so big when it got over 100, I had to split it, start a new one across the river. right I have you know two towns, two groups 10 minutes apart. They're each, they're each over 100 people mm. before the pandemic started. And we combined for a concert 200 people. It was just big, powerful sound. I mean, uh, which is one of the nice things about the choir is that um, I always tell people it's a great place to hide and still sing. Because a lot of people come to us like, oh, I don't know if I can sing. I don't know if I can do this. you know. And I say, just once you're in the group, just let the music go and uh, sing when you can, sing when you want to, sing more as you learn it better. It's a, It's a great hiding place to ease your way back into singing again. Yeah, sure. Because there's no pressure to be the soloist, to be the star. No one's listening to you. No one's judging you. No one's going to make you stand up and sing alone. Right. If you miss a rehearsal, you're not kicked out. You know, there's none of these these things that in a professional group you might have to deal with. Sure. But
0: then what you have also is you have, because you're in a collective, and I'm just trying to picture myself in this, is you have that encouragement of people who are next to you that says, Hey, mm-hmm. you know what? Maybe you can step forward and yeah. and and maybe take a little bit of leap because you are that good. Because I sit next yeah. I stand next to you and I hear you and I follow you for the note and what have you. That's gotta happen. I could just I could just say oh, yeah. it, you know. It happens for sure. And and then you get People that encourage collective encouragement and then you know it would be an interesting follow up I'd love to do with you is to take your students and speak to them on a podcast and Ooh, let them yeah, got, let them give great. the testimony of uh, <laughs> you know, Hey, this is what it did for me. I think that, I think that'd be kind of, yeah. there has gotta be a thousand stories out there. Oh yeah. Know? Cause I don't believe, yeah. I don't believe it's the successful right from you, the owner. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm right. joking.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's everything you just said. That's totally. Yeah. The people have their stories of inspiration for sure.
0: So, so now you, you started it in uh, 2012. Okay, it's, it's 10 years later now. COVID hits in 2020. Um, man, what did, that, what did that do to you? I mean, because like now it's like, all right, you can't meet. <laughs> and how do, we, yeah. how, do we, how do we keep the community going? I
1: guess a lot of people had that challenge. How did it work for you? Yeah, it basically shut us down in person, um, which not a good business to be in for the pandemic. It's singing, right? Yeah. And it's our business. That's okay. how I support my family. So we went virtual, um, we had all the directors record themselves at home with their keyboard, uh, live stream mm-hmm. and people would sign up and still pick whatever choir they wanted to join their local director. And they would learn a song over, we do mini sessions, four weeks at a time. We would learn one song and at the end. They'd send in recordings of themselves singing it, mm. mostly video, sometimes just audio. Um, and then we'd weave the parts together. In the videos, I would hire a video editor, and we make a virtual choir video out of it. So we've done, um, uh, and that well, we I'll list some of the songs we did. We did um, uh, uh, James Taylor's "Shed a Little Light," okay. which is a great James Taylor tribute to Martin Luther King. Mm-hmm. We've done uh, "Lean On Me," Bill Withers' classic sure. "Lean On Me," um, "Sailing" by Christopher Cross, okay, one of my favorites. Um, "Times Like These" by the Foo Fighters. Oh, and there was one more. We also finished on Blackbird and the Beatles. Nice, nice. Um, we have more that we've recorded, but it takes a long time to put those videos together, like months. Oh, months, I, I, so. oh I
0: can imagine. Because I remember during <laughs> the pandemic, what kind of ties into what you're doing is is um, they used to do like a song around the world. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and, yep. which ties into kind of what you, you piece together. Similar thing. And yeah. uh, I can imagine the hours of editing that go in, into that. Yeah. But it was also, for me, that was like, yeah, we're still community, even though we're arm's length from each other virtually from yeah. that.
1: But it also – It really it – really, yeah, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, you, Sorry. No, you go. Oh, it, it kept people together in a way that they needed because right when everything shut down, you know, at the beginning, we were all – everybody quarantined, right, from the very beginning back in March yep. of 2020. Yep. So all of a sudden, people were shut in, and this was one night a week where they get to go on a Zoom call – and they could see other people or see the director or you know, whatever format we used and feel like they're still connected to something. Right. It was a lifesaver. People were telling us, like, this is I'm so glad we're doing this. Otherwise, I'd be home alone all day by myself, you know, especially people who may be retired or who are older sure. or really stuck with not a lot of places to go. So yeah, it was a
0: Yeah, I remember doing it a, doing Zoom nice calls with my me. friends. But what's interesting about what it's your yours has a purpose to it besides the connectivity, you have a mission to, okay, we're going to learn this song. We're going to do that. And I, I found a lot with mm-hmm. musicians, Hey, give me a goal. You know, I've got that festival coming up. I've got yeah. this coming up. I've got to learn that and I've got to do my woodshedding and homework to get it done. It just adds to a really mm-hmm. kind of a, a, a great dynamic to, to drive things forward, you know, um, Definitely. Which, which is neat. So you see, so you survive, you survived COVID you got, oh, you got, cr- barely, barely. Yeah. You know, that's your income. Right. So it's like, you know, you could see it. Yeah. Well, what did I quit the teaching job for? You know? Um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, we, 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 it was, it was dwindling. Like at first everyone was like, yes, we're going to do virtual. We're going to support the choir, support rock voices. And as it went on, we did this for two years, mm. almost a year and a, almost, a, almost two years we did that. And we dropped a lot of people, lost interest or lost ability to keep paying attention or, as life returned right. to normal, started to return to normal. People started drifting away, and so um, we were getting near the bottom. I was um, mm. surviving on savings, mm. home improvement savings became. Well, I guess we're going to live on this now. No more home, no more savings for our family. Oh, but wow. you know, we made it through. We made it through. So um, yeah, now now yeah. It's now
0: it's on the upswing. You know, I would I would think, and um, yeah you know that's why I was kind of excited to have you on the on the podcast because um I'm honest with you this is something I I want to tell my friends about you know uh where 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 you can go go with this you know you don't have to suffer through the church choir that might be uh, uh difficult I'll leave it at I'll leave it at that I'm not going to go through any history I'm not going to name names maybe we'll see um uh, <laughs> But but it's, it's – so we're a choir in a, in a church atmosphere is driven by um, what's going to happen seasonally, and you're kind of driven mm-hmm. that way. Um, I remember the choir in our, our local church that I used to attend, uh, you know, the problem they had was attrition uh, through death, unfortunately, mm-hmm. you know, that mm-hmm. that was going on. And they had some really trem- tremendous people, uh, and getting them uh, – this is – I'm not joking – getting them up to the choir loft. Was a struggle, uh, mm. <laughs> as 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 people age. So that brings me to another yeah. question. Um, so now COVID's over. Where where do you guys typically meet? You rent space? You have an office? I mean, had you know, is
1: how do you do it? Or well, I-, I I just work out of my home. Okay, um, but the groups meet anywhere we can find space to rent. So, like for example, the, the Long Island group um, meets in the Syosset Gospel Church. Okay. Because I asked the gospel church is nice enough to give us rent um, Monday nights. So that's where we are. But in another town, it might be the VFW hall or um, in upstate New York, our Albany group was at the YMCA there for a while. They had a function room they rented. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I'm My group in Northampton's at a, one of those community arts centers, the Northampton Center for the Arts. Cool. So kind of just wherever we can find a place that's big enough, that can fit the people in, that has reasonable rent. We'll meet, yeah. So.
0: You know, community church. So we, we have community church here in Babylon. And I'm going to talk to the pastor about it. It could be a nice win, 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 really for, hey, you know, yeah. if we're not doing anything on Mondays. Um yeah. It might be and you got a stage and everything else and great sound system, really ph- phenomenal sure. stuff. It might be a way to go. All right. and, um, yeah. and then I'll get my free lesson, my free voice. See, yeah. see where I'm going with this?
1: It's very subtle, but,
0: you know, I won't. an angle. There's an angle to it, you know. You you think, gee, he had you on the podcast for Rock Voices. He's trying to weasel a free song lesson out of it. (laughs) (laughs) So happy you made it it through COVID. Um, Let's do this. Let's go to a break, but do you have an idea of a song that we can uh, have our audience listen to that will give you a good example of what Rock Voices sounds like?
1: Oh, it's hard to pick just one because you know. Well, we can do more we'd later. Do so pick, pick, we'd, uh, pick well, one of
0: the lousier ones now, and then we'll do the good one at <laughs> the end.
1: <laughs> no, I think well, one of the nice I "Blackbird" by the Beatles is a great one because it's a song everybody knows, and it's a little bit of a twist on my my arrangement is, but it's mostly like getting to sing the real song. So we have a decent recording of it that uh, we did during the pandemic, actually. That. uh, I think it sounds great.
0: All right. All right. Let's listen to Blackbird. I'll be right back after it. Check it out, everyone.
2: Blackbird singing in the dead of night. Take these broken wings and learn to fly. All your This moment to arise and sing in the dead of night take me second eyes and learn to see all your life you're only waiting for this moment to be free
0: that was absolutely beautiful that gave us or gave me uh, a clear understanding of the power of getting a group of people like this together to do songs you love you know
1: I think it's you know it's a great concept keep in mind those are mostly amateurs everyday people singing that you just heard who never took voice lessons mostly don't know how to read music and yet in the right situation with the right encouragement can do amazing things.
0: So let's say this. So you're in mostly in the Northeast. So in my area, you're in Brooklyn Heights. You're in Syosset. Mm -hmm. I assume if you find the right director who wants, is very intrigued by this Rock Voices setup, have them contact you at Mm -hmm. Mm rockvoices.com and see if like, hey, maybe you can uh, have a Rock Voices choir in your state and That's spread right. the love and the, I'm serious, spread the love and healing that this world really needs yeah. right now, um, yeah. you know, this way. And just as an aside, um, for anyone's listening to the podcast, you'll have all the information uh, in our chapter marks, how to uh, get in touch with Tony and his website. Uh, we'll also have links to his videos. He's got a bunch of videos that he's done uh, with the group, so you can really get a good flavor of what Rock Voices does and man, I'd love to come back a year from now and have Tony say, "Hey, you know what? We just opened ten more franchises or ten <laughs> more groups yeah. around, and uh, you know, this is something that uh, it's a good thing. It's a win- it's a win win, you know." Okay. Mm-hmm. So now let's talk about your chops, okay? Because I, I looked you up on I, I do my homework, okay? And uh, tell me what a sound designer is and. How that developed, because I've never heard of that before, but I'm pretty ignorant, so I don't hear about
1: a lot of things. Well, the sound designer is the, someone who does um, like, the sound effects and the background noises that you hear in movies and cartoons. So okay. I kind of stumbled into it. Um, my brother is the lead animator at a company called Fablevision in Boston, and they're kind of like, um, like a small version of Pixar. They're, um, okay. they're not big budget Disney kind of thing. They're more like a small educational-based company and they do a lot of um, – so he he has always worked there. Uh, he's an incredible artist and animator. Hmm. And I kind of stumbled in. they needed music on a project and um, I'm a composer and I'm a songwriter and an arranger. And then uh, they said, hey, could you get to some sound effects for us too on that? And I said, oh, sure. So I, I kind of taught myself how to do it. Um, and now I, I have sound libraries and uh, I can I, – I got 10 to 15 years' experience putting sound effects like, you know, the wind, the noises of anything you hear in the background as well mm-hmm. as the music into a bunch of uh, animated shorts and educational videos and things like that. That's a lot neat. of fun.
0: Yeah, I tell you, I just discovered because in putting the podcast together – and I haven't really got into, you know, effects between scenes and that sort of thing – Uh, But I found a site and, you know, you got to be careful what you use if somebody else has produced it. Right. Uh, Apparently the BBC opened up their whole library of sound effects. Uh, I'm going to leave a link um, (laughs) in in this chapter for people who are interested. I've been accused of making sound effects, but I deny it all the time at the dinner (laughs) table
1: is is all I got to (laughs) say. One of the, um, one of the things i worked on is called the North star. It was, um, A book, it's a children's book by Peter Reynolds, who's one of the co-founders of Fablevision with his brother, Paul Reynolds. Mm -hmm. Um, He turned the book into an animated movie, five, six, seven minute movie. Um, I got to do the music and the sound effects for it, and they got Tim Curry to narrate it. Oh, really? I share credits with uh, my names right after tim curry in the credits <laughs> as the narrator oh, so man. i like to point at that hey i worked with tim curry i never got to hang out with him or anything but you know yeah <laughs> it, was, it was all
0: virtual but your name is next to his credits so yeah that's pretty yeah a very distinct voice i remember seeing <laughs> him in uh i remember seeing him in rocky horror when i was in high oh yeah school. yeah my girl my girlfriend at the time was a big rocky horror fan and uh you know that ruined me for the rest of my life. Seeing that movie, <laughs> it's
1: great. I also like him in Muppet Treasure Island. <laughs> He's oh, yeah, good. as Long John Silver. Yeah, very good, very good. So um, you did, you
0: did that for a number of years. You're an arranger, obviously that that helps you with rock voices. But tell mm, me about the the songwriting aspect because so you list yourself as a, as a songwriter. Yeah, and, I, I, um, I've
1: how did always, that come about? Well, I you know I think with a lot of people who just love music. They listen to music, they learn to play that music, and then eventually it leads to writing your own music for, for a lot of people. So it mm-hmm. kind of just led me there. I played with my rock band for years and we started dabbling in writing original songs. They were horrible early attempts. I still have a cassette somewhere from like the mid-80s of one of our original songs. And I listen now and cringe like, oh, what were we thinking? But, you know, that's how everyone starts, really. Sure. Um
0: You've got to be a disaster before you become a master. That's you
1: right. Gotta, you, yeah, you imitate, you assimilate, and then you innovate. I thank my buddy Johnny Piazza for that from uh, Utica, <laughs> New York. But, Very um, nice. Um, uh, anyway, um, I kept writing. And in college, um, I was still writing, and I got into jazz. And when I was looking for something to do after I graduated, some of the professors were saying, you should, you should do jazz arranging for a master's jazz composition and arranging. So I did. Uh, And so I took, I trained with um, a whole bunch of great writers about um, writing for big band charts. So I wrote a lot of big band charts and got my chops there and uh, small group stuff. And um, I also was writing pop songs at the same time. So I kind of write everything. Um, And I have this, I I wrote a, a, a collection of jazz tunes kind of like Nora Jonesy kind of stuff okay and I hired some of my friends and some of my former students who are like phenomenal players I hired them to play this album for me and record it I'm not even on the album I did some maybe percussion in the background some hand claps Mm -hmm. but I hired I'm like I want all these people I want you on piano I want you on singing and um and like half the album went on to win things like um a couple of the songs won the John Lennon Songwriting Contest, Jazz category, like first prize, grand prize. Wow. Two different ones. Um, one of them's in a movie, uh, Dinner for Schmucks, with Paul Rudd. Oh yes, I know. Um, yeah,
0: sure. My, I know one of my
1: songs is in that movie. My my name's in the credits, right after Lennon McCartney, Fool on the Hill. It's like Lennon McCartney goes by in the credits, and then Tony Lechner, and I just like. I always talk to freeze the frame when I see it on TV. I'm, I'm watching this end. I gotta watch the end of the movie. Everyone, so come so on, you're come so on.
0: you're you're rolling in residuals, man. Okay, you don't oh, have to work. <laughs> yeah, not for
1: that movie. I'm not. <laughs> oh yeah, that, that they uh, yeah. I, I was excited at first, then, uh it trailed off after a year or two, and I think I made several hundred dollars from that one. I have to wow. say. Wow! Hey. Uh, <laughs> better than mine, I, rem- I guess.
0: I remember I, t- I talked to another arranger who was a guest, a guy named Nelson Montana, huh. and he and he had a bet um, with the guy. He said, "You know, arranging is is really most of the work. Arranging uh, a song, you know. Yeah. And and his and his and I forget. There's a group. There was a group of gals, three gals out of New Hampshire who were considered to be the worst album ever made. And the name escapes me, but I'll have it in the chapter marks. He actually rearranged that whole album with another set of musicians to to prove a bet that said, basically, I can take a shitty song and if I arrange it right with the right vocals. Mm. And this, this album is horrible. It's just, you know, out of key. And it's worth, you know, if you want to, Halloween's coming up, it's worth listening to if you want to scare, you know, sonically frighten yourself.
1: Um, Oh, God,
0: it'll come to me. Anyway. It wasn't
1: on purpose. It was, it was seriously. No,
0: apparently, apparently, this was a trio of girls uh, in in high school that their father put them up to do an album. And uh, yeah, it's it's a cult classic now. <laughs> it'll it'll be uh-huh. in the chapter marks when I remember when I put this together in, in post. Anyway, that's homage to arrangers and and the work mm. that you do. So you, you cover a lot of bases: the songwriting, the studio work, uh, and now this this great um, idea of rock voices. I think it's uh, it's. I feel like I'm with a pioneer. I'm seriously, <laughs> in, in a, no, really. I cool. mean, oh yeah, I spoke to him. Back in the day, back in twenty twenty two, yeah, I had him on my podcast. I made him. He really grew. He exploded to fourteen countries after the podcast came out.
1: (laughs) At the Long Island Sound bump.
0: The bump. Well, you know, you got it. You got a dream. You got a dream. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. Hey, let's talk about the third song. if you can, I am kind of putting you on the spot here. That we could have our audience listen to to get another gander and, and another aspect of rock voices.
1: I think um, "Africa" by Toto. Okay, it's one of those songs that everybody loves to sing. Right, um, everyone just loves to sing along with that. You know, it's one of those it, like Bohemian Rhapsody. Like, even if you if you don't think you are a great singer, if you are alone, you are probably still going to sing along to it. Right, we all, especially after Wayne's World and all that stuff. <laughs> um, so like we, we sang Africa early on in the choir and it was a big hit. Everyone loves singing it. It's, it's practically made for a choir. It's got four part harmony in the chorus and, and um, it's just, uh, we have a live recording of it that came out great. Um, a live video from in concert. Uh, and It just really shows if, if you, when you hear it and you can see, see all the faces of the people who are just everyday people and hear mm. the sound of these everyday people's voices blended together and awesome harmony it's just it's a great snapshot of what it's all about
0: all right and then when we come back after the song i'm really curious on how you go about picking the songs so mm-hmm. let's let's hear it's africa right africa
1: yep africa by toto
0: toto all right yeah. we'll be right back after the song check it out
2: find some old forgotten words or ancient ancient melodies. melodies he turned to me as if to say
0: back yeah we're back again this is Steve Yusko your host of Long Island Sound just if you forgot who I was because you know I got a guest and we talk about the guest a lot and you know kind of (laughs) wears me out but um, hey I'm really this is just great stuff and I I think uh, any any of the audience listening to this is going to check out Rock Voices go to rockvoices.com and see if there's something in your area and if there isn't you know, reach out uh, to uh, Tony and see if we can yeah. find some uh, good talent to put together because I'm telling you, it's going to heal your community and help people get together and help people find their voice, if if nothing else. Does that kind of elevator pitch it for you pretty good?
1: Yeah. I love <laughs> it. You're hired. <laughs>
0: Tony, what do you What do you have coming up in the next few months um,
1: in the new season? We here? are a little ways into our fall season and we got concerts in January. Um, we'll have our our Brooklyn Heights group and our Long Island Cypress group both doing concerts back to back the second weekend in January. I think the dates are the um Saturday the 14th and okay. Sunday the 15th. I think those are the the dates that go with those days, but okay. Basically that second weekend. Um I think the venues are still TBD. Um now do they play they be, do they play separately together or you in- yeah, there are two separate groups. You know, I, I think in my um, naivete of being a Massachusetts person and not, not spending a lot of time in Long Island, I thought, I look at the map and uh, say, oh, it looks like it's only a couple miles from Brooklyn. Why don't they just drive over and sing with them? And then uh, <laughs> I get laughed at and uh, people explain to me how long it takes <laughs> to get <laughs> from Brooklyn to Sayaset. On one of the what the one main road, two main roads you can take. And yeah, the, the there's not really
0: decent uh, mass transit. To, it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, we so do have taxes I, I, and I'm, traffic.
1: Yeah. It looks close together on the map. I don't know, but I, I've been proven wrong and explained otherwise why that I'm ridiculous for thinking that. So I, I understand now. But um, okay, they so they, do put perform you, they, put, they
0: put you in your place as a New Yorker should. <laughs> that's that's so right. Explain you the ways of the big city. <laughs> that's right. Uh, So that's, that's, that's coming up locally, which is great. And basically in your other groups, are they kind of follow a similar schedule when it comes to, yeah,
1: all, all of the, um, all the groups have concerts right around then. And then we start a new, a spring season, Mm -hmm. uh, the last week in January. And it's, um, um, you know, a lot of people tell us they're, they're afraid to show up because they think they're going to embarrass themselves or, um, like oh I wanted to do that but I'm kind of nervous I didn't I don't have someone to go with you know I don't want to go alone but then people tell us wow I'm so glad I came um, I think people are scared because it's singing and people will be there and they might hear you and uh, I think the, the most important thing I can say to people is just show up try it we make it free at the beginning you can try a couple three times right at no cost you don't have to pay our tuition or anything just see what it's like you have absolutely nothing to lose and you see what it's just a group of people just like you, singing right. songs you know and love and uh, great songs, nice company. It's fun. It's a social activity. It's a therapeutic activity. We've had members tell us they want to talk to their therapist about getting, um, getting it like uh, covered as a therapeutical. Like wow. We've had therapists talk to us and say, I want to prescribe this for my patient because they need something like this. It gets them out of the house. It gets them socializing with people. It gets them participating in something. I mean, I would love to see it be covered in the in the things of therapeutically covered activities. Yeah, I don't know I'll, if I'll tell you one thing. I used to travel a lot
0: early in my career in my sales career, and the the, the one one of the regrets that I had or is being disconnected from the community. You know. Um, You know, you're away, you can't you can't do the things during the week and what have you, you can have the weekend and you just don't want to do anything. And if I look at having just gone through quarantine for two years, Mm -hmm. there's gotta be a backlog of people saying, I need to be reconnected again. And the benefits to your psyche and everything else. It just it sounds like a, the right prescription for these uh, days and times to check out rock voices. And, uh, and my good friend I talked to my good friend Mike Nugent, uh, God bless you um, uh, and about being a musician, and I said, what, "What do you like about it, Mike?" He goes, "Hey, I'm, man, what I'm doing is I'm spreading the love to heal the world." And at first I go. heard it, I was like, "Come on." And then I was like, "You know what? You're right." You know, and that's what I I think rock voices can can bring to any community uh, out there. So it's definitely. I know this sounds like a commercial for rock voices, but I'm really intrigued by it. And uh,
1: hey, our mission is healing ourselves and others through song. Yeah, so that's it. So
0: we're right on board. All right, brother. Hey, listen, Tony. Thanks so much for spending time with me. I I say this at the end of many of my podcasts. My good friend Bob told me, look. We can account for a lot of things. What's in our bank account, what we own. We can never account for the time that we have left on earth. The fact that you gave me uh, a good chunk of your time is, I I really do appreciate it. My pleasure. My pleasure. Let's help make an impact on the world and start healing the world with the music, okay? I like it. All right, brother. We'll see you soon. Thanks, Steve. All right. You too. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you for joining us today. I appreciate the time you spent with us. Please subscribe and comment and visit us at gigdestiny.com. Till next time, be generous with your joy, keep your spirits high, and let the music take you on a journey. Be well. Peace. Thanks so much for listening. Please rate, review, and comment on the show. We really love to hear from you. And call our listener line at 631-800-3579. Again, thanks so much. Be well.